Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is none other than LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. And welcome to our Season 9 finale. (laughs) Welcome, Cindy. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I can't believe it's been nine years. I uh, know. I don't know how you put up with me for nine nine years. <laughs> now, tr- truth, am I worse or better than Alan? <laughs> I'm not saying a word. No. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Season 9. Uh, we're going to have a little bit shorter show today as we get ready to wrap up, uh, our, our, as I said, our ninth season. Uh, and we'll be on uh, an extended break as we normally do this time of year, and we'll be coming back. Our first show will be back in 2023 on February the 7th. That's the first Tuesday of February. We'll be back then with some more uh, interesting uh, broadcasts and, and uh, hopefully some great guests along the way. As, uh, so we hope you join us for that. But today we're going to talk about, we're going to enter in our, our last No BS Zone uh, for 2022, and uh, it's called Golf Tips to Shake Off the Winter Rust, helping you prepare for a successful 2023 golf season. And then we'll just take a few minutes uh, at the end, uh, just a sort of a, a quick recap of some things uh, uh, this year, and uh, and then we'll sign off uh, for our last uh, uh, broadcast for 2022. So, Cindy, um, I wanted to talk, and this is really sort of a two-fold discussion, uh, obviously to, to help sort of propel things. One of, one of the biggest, my pet peeves with a lot of golf, and, and I guess you can probably relate more so than I can now, because obviously I'm down here in Florida and you're up in Buffalo, um, is when the winter comes, a lot of people just sort of hibernate or they're doing other things and their golf game kind of gets shelved. So that's what I'm referring to when I say to shake off the winter rust is you've got to keep going through the season and there's ways that you can do that. We're going to talk about some things that you can be doing in what we typically call the off season during the winter months and then also getting ready for next season, uh, spring when things thaw out and we want to get out to uh, uh, get back and, and, and sort of in the swing of things. And uh, so we're going to talk about a couple things and I know we've touched on a number of these uh, many times before, but I think they're, uh, it's worth repeating. Uh, and, and the first thing I think, Cindy, what people should be doing if they're in the market, and I'm not saying they have to go out and do it, but if they're in the market um, and they've been playing those old golf clubs that their grandfather passed down generations ago, it might be a time to explore some new golf clubs. Um, and I think it's something that they need to really take some care and thought in the process. What do you think? Totally agree. 
start with what's the budget. And when you figure out the budget, you want to think about how much do I play? How much Mm -hmm. am I going to play? How dedicated am I? And if you're super dedicated and you play at least once a week, spend a little more money and get the right things. And then you may not have to get another set for a really long time. And Mm -hmm. what's the right amount? Probably going to cost you between 100 and 2,500. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I agree. I think first and foremost, you have to decide, okay, how much do I play now? How much am I planning to play? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, how much am I planning to play in 2023? Is it going to be just that once a week? Is it going to be once in a blue moon? You know, maybe that corporate event uh, or a couple of other throughout the season. So I'm not really playing a lot. So, you know, there's other options that you can look at if you don't want to go out and spend the money. The, the last thing I want to see somebody going out and spend two, three thousand dollars on this swanky, you know, uh, elite golf set, and they're barely playing once a week. You don't need it. You have to find out again, as you said, what's your budget, um, and you know, what are you willing to spend? How much are you willing to invest in your golf game? Because there's other things that you have to invest in as well, not just a new set of golf clubs. But I think that the, this is the time to do it. Don't wait till you're midway through the season or something. Say, well, I'm going to get some new golf clubs now. You need to do this in the off season uh, and get ready for it, and give yourself time to explore um, some some options. And if you're not working with a pro, and we'll touch on that as well in a moment, but um, you need to maybe reach out to a, a golf professional or go to your you know if you're a member at a club, go there and talk to them in the pro shop and really get a feel. Talk to them, be honest about your game, and really get a feel for what they recommend. Um, you consider. That doesn't mean you have to do it, but get some options uh, when you do that. But yeah, again, look at your budget and decide how much uh, you want to spend, obviously, and how often you're going to play. And is that likely going to increase? And if, as you said, if it increases uh, and you plan on playing more, then you can be a little bit more robust in, in, in a golf set. If you're not going to play that much, don't go out and spend $2,500 on a, on a set of golf clubs. And it may not be a whole set. Maybe the set you have is pretty good, but maybe a few pieces like the driver, maybe a new putter might be in order. Uh, maybe some other irons are getting a little flat, and might, you just have to replace one or two clubs. So, uh, again, you've got to be smart about it. Um, the second thing that goes hand-in-hand with this, Cindy, though, is if you do get new clubs, um, uh, is to make sure that you get fitted properly for those clubs. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Because that's obviously uh, equally as important. Yes, it is. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that you either go to a store and try a bunch of different clubs Mm -hmm. and or set up an appointment to get fit with your your head pro at the store. You can go to Club Champion. Uh, There's all kinds of places where you can get fit. If you're only going to replace one club, just do a driver fitting or a hybrid fitting. You don't have to get Mm -hmm. fit for every. Uh, but, yes, it's important to know that you have the right clubs. And I'm a big stickler for women that are a little bit taller than normal and they mm-hmm. get fit for ladies' clubs and then they're mm-hmm. too short and it's out of my mind. So if you are a little bit taller, <clears throat> I'm only 5'5", five, five, and mm-hmm. I have short arms, so I use men's regular shafts. The other mm-hmm. thing that matters is your club head speed for the shaft that you should be using. So, yeah, yeah you got to get fit. Yeah, and, and it's amazing. You know, it's amazing when you see somebody that just sort of buys off the rack, goes out there, and they're struggling with their game, 
and then they get fitted, and all of a sudden, and I'm not saying that you know anything miraculous happens, but suddenly they're hitting the ball, they're making better contact, they're swinging the club more efficiently, because now um, the club is actually fitted for their game, and not just sort of a generic off the rack, or or as you said, maybe they're they're buying clubs that are not suited for. Um, them specifically, um, you know, I've seen a lot of women go out and, and use their, you know, their husband's second, you know, hand-me-down set, and he's got, you know, a, a heavier shaft or a stiffer shaft in it, and they can't swing it, uh, you know, worth being. So that's why it's important to make sure you get fitted. And following up on number three is regrip your clubs, um, especially if you play a lot during the season. Um, you know, I, I always recommend start the season with brand new grips, get them regripped. Um, right from the get-go, and if you're playing, you know, a little bit, um, maybe midway through the season, um, you might want to get them regripped again. If you're playing a lot, you might even have to uh, do them another time, maybe three times. So, see, if you're playing a lot of golf, um, you know, obviously, if you're, you know, unless you're playing on the the PGA or the LPGA, you don't need to get them gripped all the time. But you definitely need to get them gripped at least once every year, if not twice every year, depending on the level uh, of play. Uh, any, any any thoughts there? Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, at least once a year. Yeah, because, you know, when those grips get slick, I mean, I've seen, it's like having, it's like, for those that will understand this, it's like uh, going to a skating rink, and I'm talking winter skating rink with ice skates that aren't sharp. You're just slipping and sliding. You're not able to get to grip the ice, and you're falling down all the time. It's the same thing with your golf clubs. If the, if the grips are slick and they're twisting, the club is twisting in your hands. You're not going to make good contact, um, and you're going to be hitting them all over the place. And it's just it just it reduces the level of fun and increases the level of anxiety that you're going to have out on the golf course. So get them regripped. Uh, number four is familiarize yourself with any new rule changes. So. Uh, USGA, of course, famously always decides to uh, comes out with a new rule book every year uh, early in the season. So it's a great time to brush up. Again, you don't have to be an expert in the rules, but it's good because a lot of rules have changed over the last few years that actually benefit uh, many of the recreational golfers, um, and they're not as stringent as they used to be in some of the rules. Uh, so you can take advantage of that. You might find yourself in a, an awkward situation and find out that there's a rule that can help you get out of that situation or improve that situation. Um, and by having a general understanding um, will help you in your round, but also makes it a little bit more fun when you understand the rules a little bit better. And, and Cindy, I know that you know as, as a player, as a tour player, you obviously have to have a, a really good understanding uh, of the rules because um, decisions can make the difference of how much money you're going to earn that week, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's up to you. And, and again, like you said, the rules are meant to help you. So the more yep. you know, the better it is for yep. sure. Yep. And you know what? It, and, and again, when you're in this off season, uh, instead of just sitting, you know, in the old lazy boy chair for the guys and, you know, the girls are doing something else. Um, this is a great opportunity to brush up on things, um, you know, if you can't get up, maybe you're not in a position where, where obviously, you know, if you're in the Northeast particularly, um, you know, you can't get out to the golf course. A lot of certainly a lot of indoor facilities uh, like what you uh, work through, but um, somebody may not have that close by, so they can't get out to uh, a practice facility. But there's other things that you can be doing. That's what I'm talking about, about shaking the rust off. Don't just sit there idle for the next, uh, you know, three to, to six months. Be proactive for next season. 
one of the other things too, and this is a huge one, Cindy, number five, is to set goals for your golf season. Um, first and foremost, what do you want to achieve in next year? What, what, what goals do you want to set? Talk about that. What are some good goals that you try to encourage your students, or, or you had many conversations, I'm sure, with uh, especially a lot of juniors in that. Um, talk about that, about setting goals and how important that is. Well, you know, it's funny. I was just helping somebody yesterday, and the dad said, you know, now this season we need him to blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? You're talking outcome goals. And you yes. can't control outcome goals. You can control process goals. So let's mm-hmm. make sure that he's comfortable with the swing. He has swing thoughts. Um, I had a little boy last night um, whose dad understands sports because he reports for the Bills. And, right. And so he was talking about, you know, if he does this, he can shoot that. And I go, stop. You know, I need you to understand what he's doing when he's swinging the club because he said, oh, my hook is gone. I go, why is your hook gone? And he just looked at me and I said, and he's only eight, right? But he's really good. Mm -hmm. And I said, you need to know what you're doing with the club. So make sure that your goals are process-oriented, meaning um, my putting stroke, I'm going to go from straight back and straight through. I'm going to allow it to curve. I'm going to do this as I set up. I know what I'm doing to figure out how far the putt is. I know what how big a stroke to take to make it go certain distance. Those kind of things. I, I, I. Everything's got to be I rather than it or mm-hmm. when I do this. You know what I mean? So yep. it's really important that you understand if I get comfortable standing over the ball and I know what my swing thoughts are and I produce them, I'm going to hit it good. If I hit it good because I follow my process, I'm going to have a better ability to score. Boom. Yep. Exactly. And, and you know, typically we hear, um, you know, some common ones, and this goes to what you're talking about, is people say, well, you know, I want to break 100 this season. And that's their goal. And that's fine, um, but what are you going to do to accomplish that? What steps are you and going to take? Do. And you got to have a system or a plan. Right, right. I- exactly. And if you do, then and, you can achieve your goal. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's great to have, as you said, an outcome goal. There's nothing wrong with having an overall outcome goal or maybe even a couple, but there's a process that needs to get you to that goal. And if you miss those steps, uh, then again, it just adds to the frustration. And that's what we see is people say, well, I want to break 100. You know, and that's why I always recommend, especially for, for beginning golfers, don't keep score for the first little while. Uh, certainly mark down uh, certain key statistics that are going to be valuable to you. But don't worry so much about keeping score. Or if you do, uh, as we've talked about before, is uh, make par your friend and, and, and actually make bogey your friend, make it bogey your new par. Um, you know, adjust the, the, the scores. It's great to be able to go out and shoot a 72, but if you're not even breaking 100, there's no sense in even worrying about uh, what we typically would refer to as par. Make a new par. Make 90 your new par. Um, and you can do that by just adding a, a stroke onto each hole. Uh, as your new par, and that way, it, again, it alleviates some of the anxiety. So, again, set some goals for the season, not just outcome goals. Set work through, as Cindy said, the process as well, and that's extremely important, especially for our high handicappers. Um, you've got a lot of things to work on next season. Now's the time to get prepared for that. And number six falls right into suit. 
never too late. If you're already working with somebody, that's great. Continue on that process. Don't wait for next season. Don't put it on idle. Get out there with a pro to work on your overall golf game. Cindy, you take it from here. You you need to be comfortable. And when I say that, when you're choosing, let's say you don't have someone to work with, you have to stand their behavior style, if you will. What have they achieved mm-hmm. in the golf world? Are they qualified to teach? Have they gotten mm-hmm. certifications? Do you like the person? I had another student yesterday that came in, and the, a lot of these kids are going to a certain person somewhere else. And mm-hmm. a couple of the kids that go there, like, throw clubs and yell at their parents. And this mm-hmm. dad said, I'm not going to allow my son to be in that situation. I don't yeah. want those people influencing him. So, again, silly silly things like that uh, mm-hmm. really, really matter. So you have to understand, you know, do I like this person? What have they achieved? Watch them teach a lesson, see how they react to the student, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Or you choose yep. who you're going to go to. Yeah, and I think somebody, something, too, that's extremely important, and a lot of people overlook it, and it goes into what you're just talking about, is – the teacher slash coach, whatever they want to name themselves, has to really listen to their student and not just come in with their own agenda. A lot of times te- uh, you'll see teachers teach to a method, uh, and that's not going to work for every student. They have to be willing to listen to the student, address their needs and concerns, what it is that they're uh, most concerned with in their own golf game, and then help guide them, but depending on the age, if you're dealing with obviously an eight-year-old or something, it's, you, know, you have to be a little bit more uh, directional in your, in your approach. Um, but you have to really listen to your students. And I, I've many, many times, Cindy, over the years, I've been on a practice range somewhere just you know, hitting some balls myself, and I'll hear the, the pro down the, the row, and they'll be talking and they'll be teaching a method. Um, and I can hear the student in the, in the rebuttal saying, well, you know, but I don't really feel comfortable doing that. Well, it doesn't matter. We need to work on this, and we do that. And you cannot do that. There's a time and a place when you have to have your student do and work on certain things that is important, but you have to most importantly listen to them because, first off, they're paying you, number one. But second, if, they're, if you're forcing them to do something that is not comfortable, and I don't mean drills and things like that, but if, they're, if there's a process that is not working or is out of their comfort zone, then you have to really reassess and look at them and say, okay, what can we do that's going to make them feel comfortable and make them feel energized to want to get out and work on their game? Because the first thing, killer of, of anybody's golf game is if you're doing something that's not um, encouraging them to want to learn and want to improve, they'll just drop out or they'll go somewhere else. So you have to be really very careful. And I've, we've seen it too many times over the years where people just say, I give up. I'm, you know, I've taken lessons. And I just, it never seems to work. And I, they're not listening or what have you. And it happens. I hate to say it, but it does. So that's something, Cindy, you're right on the ball on that. You've got to really uh, do your due diligence and work with somebody that's um, you know, sort of speaking the same language, figuratively speaking. Um, number seven is warm up your short game, putting, chipping, pitching, that sort of thing. Even if you're in the dead of winter, there are things that you can do every single day that can help your short game, everything from putting uh, uh, to chipping and pitching. Uh, there's a lot of great indoor facilities we talked about, some of which can be done at home. Cindy, you're, you've got an ideal situation. You uh, and Alan uh, work at a dome. Uh, 
uh, a lot of times, so you're able to, when you can't go outside, you're able to do that. That's a great facility where you are to be able to do that through the cold months, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing you can do, this is going to sound funny, but I was looking at the Golf Channel videos that we had done, and we were on morning drive one week and um, one morning, and we were with Damon Hack, and we were mm-hmm. hitting marshmallows. You can practice <laughs> in your house hitting yep. flop shots with marshmallows. You can practice yep. bunker shots by putting a little Play-Doh on the ground and put a marshmallow on top of it and try to make the marshmallow go backwards. If you do that, you're going to be hitting a bunker shot perfect. There's all kinds of little things you can do. That's Just great. I never, I got to write that down. I, I would have well, never I thought of that. And I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Of course, it was my husband's <laughs> idea. Of course, yeah. Thank you, Alan, for that one. That's good. But you know, but you're exactly to, to all kidding aside. To your point, though, Cindy, is there's no excuse. If you're sitting for three, four, five months in the winter doing nothing and then coming out in 2023 and expecting to pick up where you left off, it's not going to happen. So why do you want to put yourself in a position where you've got to start everything anew each golf season? Because that by the time the mid-season rolls around, then you're finally starting to get up to speed, well, half the season's already gone. So if you want to get out and enjoy the season, you've got to work on things. You've got to, as I say, get that rust off your game through the off season, make don't in other words, don't think of it as an off season. Think it as a preparatory uh, or as a preparation season. Um, and some else that you can do as well, which comes to point eight, is golf stretching and flexibility training. Um, that should be something you should be doing all the time, but particularly working on those things. Don't just hit the gym and lifting weights and stuff like that. That's fine to a point, uh, but you know, becoming a power weightlifter is not going to help your golf game. In fact, it probably hurt it. Um, and there's a lot of great um, golf fitness TPI certified uh, uh, instructors, coaches out there um, that you can reach out to. You, if your instructor is not one, they can probably put you in touch with one um, and, and get you a program of things that you can do, golf-related stretching and flexibility training that is going to help you with it. And that's something that you can really diligently, because again, you sit in your fanny on the chair or on the sofa or what have you all winter long, you get stiff, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you got to get up and move. And again, yeah, it, 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 you can go, I'm sure that there's an indoor range somewhere. It doesn't have to be a dome, but if you're in the right. cold weather, there's somewhere you can go to hit balls. Yep. Top golf. If you've got a top golf, there's all kinds of top golf around the country. Um, there's a lot of indoor. Again, if you don't have a dome, as, as what you're talking about, there's a lot of indoor simulators, uh, and those can work just as well. Again, you're working on your your swing. You're 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 keeping movement going. Uh, again, if you stagnate through um, the season for several months, I don't care what activity you're doing, golf or anything, um, and then expect to come out next year, you're, you're going to be rusty. So. Why not eliminate that? Yeah, why not eliminate that and just say, you know, and again, I don't see you have to spend a great deal of time, but, you know, you can spend 20 minutes a day working on it. Everybody can find 20 minutes a day to work on yep. something different, just like you would a routine. Okay, you're going to work on your legs today. Tomorrow it's going to be upper body, what have you. Do the same thing with the golf. Today I'm going to warm up a little bit of my short game. I'm going to do some putting. I'm going to get the, the Play-Doh out, and I'm going to hit some marshmallows and practice my bunker shots, whatever, you know, do something 
do some flexibility and stretching. And there's a lot of great uh, instructors and coaches out there that are golf fitness certified. You want to make sure they're golf fitness certified. And always, always, always talk to your doctor before you do any sort of exercise. I don't care what it is to make sure that in case you have any existing uh, illnesses or things like that, make sure that you're not going to overdo something. Um, number nine is load up on some healthy golf snacks. Uh, again, you don't necessarily have to buy them well in advance. Um, you know, hitting the turn and scarfing down a chili dog is not going to be great for you in your round. Uh, get some things. There's a lot of healthy snacks out there, maybe some cashews, a granola bar, even some trail mix um, during the day of when you're going to, you know, when you get back out there, of course, some fruit. You want to eat healthy, and you want to make sure you're hydrated. There's some great sports drinks. Don't get all the ones hopped up in sugar. Again, do your due diligence. Um, you know, Jack Nicholas in his uh, famous uh, video uh, series, Golf My Way, talked about how he carried some good healthy snacks. He even had a peanut butter and banana, I believe it was a peanut butter and banana sandwich that he wrapped up and took with him when he went out um, on the golf course. And he would, you know, nibble along the way to keep himself energized. And But it was healthy stuff that he was doing. Um, so those are things that I think are import, uh, important uh, to make sure that you're eating healthy because you want good energy. You don't want to be hopped up on sugar, that sort of thing. Um, what are your thoughts here, Cindy? Yeah, I would take a bar or something, even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with you. Um, yep. Anything that has some energy that's just not junk food. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm not saying you have to go on some, you know, fantastic diet or anything, but I, I've seen so many, and, and I know, Cindy, you can attest this, men and women that will go out in the in the season and they'll get out on 18 holes, and by the time they hit about 12, 13 you can see the energy just sucked right out of them. They're not, number one, they're not staying hydrated. Um, they're not getting a snack. And if they do get something, they're getting something that's loaded up with carbs and, and not any protein, what have you, and they just have no energy. And they're just dragging their, themselves in the last three or four or five holes. And that sometimes can make or break a round. You could have a great round going, and then all of a sudden, you lose energy, and now you're bogeying and double and triple bogeying holes because you just don't have the energy uh, to and momentum to go through your golf game. Uh, number 10, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but this, again, uh, is from a little slightly different, and that is plan your season. Um, if you have a club membership uh, to a golf course, how many times, again, how many times do you want to aim for playing each week? Um, which days uh, are for playing rounds of golf, and what kind of practice schedule do you want to set up? So put some thought into it. I know it can't, sometimes schedules have to be flexible, and you have to do it. You can always make adjustments. But this is, again, not just planning on your actual game, but planning on what you're going to play. I think that's important too, Cindy, right? Absolutely. How, how often are you going to practice? How often are you going to play? Where are you going to play? Are you going to keep track of your stats? And and I'm just going to give me myself a, a plug here. I created a course called Improve Your Game from the Inside Out. It's a mental game mm -hmm. course that uh, just launched yesterday. If you're interested in learning how to play better golf and score without swinging, it's you know it's not about how to swing the club. It's about how to think better. Uh, go to CindyMillerTraining.com forward slash opt in, and you can learn more information. Uh, it's a lot of different modules, a lot of different assessments, personality, learning style. 
Are you left brain or right brain? We talk about the eight traits of champion golfers, all that stuff. But you have to know exactly what you're trying to do. And if you're committed, dedicated, and serious about the game of golf, even if you shoot 110, you can get better. Or you shoot 75 and you want to shoot 68, you can still get better. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, there's really no excuse. And I think, uh, again, uh, you know, we have to encourage folks to want to continue working on the process. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to go out and necessarily continue on weekly lessons. That, you know, Maybe you can spread it out a little bit more through the winter season. Things come up, holidays come up, that sort of thing. And we get it. Um, but you should not just put it to a grinding halt. You know, Fortunately, down here in Florida, Arizona, and other areas where the climates are warmer, you get a lot of uh, as we call them, snowbirds coming down that play golf up in the northeast, northwest, what have you, or coming from Canada, and they come down to warmer climates uh, for the season, and many of them continue to play and, and work, and that's great, but there's a lot that don't. And so, you know, even if you do come down here, um, many of the pros that you may work with, um, such as your, yourself, uh, Cindy, and I quite often come down to the south here and and have boot camps or have other uh you know uh, things going on that you can participate in it's always good to continue with the process so that you're not stagnating through the season and having to you know start from ground zero zero the next year um because we see that too many times that's going on people are getting i think a little bit more diligent people that are serious now if you're somebody that just plays once or twice a year you know you can disregard what we're talking about here but if you really want to become a better player and emphasize on better player um, then the things that we talked about this morning, you need to take serious and need to really do that. Planning your season, um, getting connected with a, a great golf coach, uh, a teacher and professional um, is is important. And, and again, make sure that you get somebody that's compatible with you, that's listening to your needs, addressing your concerns, and helping you put together a game plan that you're comfortable with, uh, that pushes you a little bit. You've got to be pushed a little bit for sure. Uh, but that you're comfortable with and you can get behind and get excited about. That's the key thing. Cindy, you know, you, you do things, you know, even though, you know, you always joke around, and I know you're serious, but, you know, you always say you tell it like it is. The one thing that I can honestly say from listening to you all these years is that you really have their best interest at heart. You want them to succeed. It's not just about, well, here, I'm just going to throw a lesson out here. You really want them to succeed. And, you know, you'll push when it needs to be pushed, but you also understand that sometimes people need to have a slightly different approach. It's not a one-size-fit-all. And I think you do that very, very well. So you should sort of take a, a bow, if you will, uh, in your corner for uh, for doing that. I think you do a great job in, in working through these boot camps and other uh, activities that you have throughout the season. Your thoughts? You know, it's not about the teacher. It's never about mm-hmm. the teacher. So if you, and there's a lot of famous teachers, you don't want to go to somebody who doesn't look you in the eye and make you very comfortable about the fact that they really want to help you. Because it's never about them. It's always about you. And when it becomes about them, you need to go somewhere else. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, and, and you're exactly right. There are a lot of, uh, and, and uh, certainly not going to get into names, but there are a lot out there that, again, push to a method or what have you, and it's about themselves and about their products and services that they're offering, which, you know, we all have things that we're offering. But 
you have to make it about the students. And I think this is what's really going to continue to foster this game. We've had a, you know, a difficult couple of years with the pandemic and people uh, gravitated to this game one for one reason or another. Either they resurfaced, they hadn't played for a number of years, or they're coming for the first time. And it's important that we, you know, help them in their journey, but it's got to be something that they're excited about. If they're not excited about it, I don't care what it is, people are not going to want to continue. So um, that's our BS zone, or last BS zone rather, for um, 2022 golf tips to shake off the rust, uh, the winter rust, if you will. Hopefully those tips will help you prepare uh, for a successful 2023 season. We're going to talk for a, just a few more minutes before we, we wrap up uh, completely uh, about Season 9. Um, one of the things that I want to address, a couple of things I want to quickly address. Um, this season, unfortunately, we didn't get uh, as many of the winners coming off of the Epson Tour. Uh, I talked to, and I'll explain to you where I did that, I, I talked to uh, the powers that be, if you will, about that, and there were a couple of factors. Number one, Epson coming in as a new uh, uh, title sponsor of the tour. We're kind of getting their feet wet and really um, kind of unsure what was going to happen and how things were going to stack out. In addition, the LPJ had done some shuffling around internally. Uh, so typically the people that would have been dealt with in the past to sort of arrange things uh, were also getting their feet wet. Um, and then thirdly, there was also a number of uh, winners who unfortunately uh, either didn't speak English at all or struggled to the point where they were not comfortable doing interviews. So uh, that was part of the reason. But I had a great talk, and, and that's what I'm going to lead up to. Um, I, Coincidentally, and I didn't know they were coming back, but uh, I, my girlfriend, as I mentioned on the show before, uh, is in Dothan, Alabama, and they had the final stage of the Q Series. The LPJ Q Series was here at a local golf course that I go to quite often and, and play and practice myself. And uh, so I went up and watched and talked to the, the various parties, as I mentioned, and uh, it was really very interesting. And, I, and if you've never, ever been to an event, whether it be a regular tournament or something like this, if you get a chance, go. It's worth it. Um, I had a chance to talk to them there and, and scope out for next year what our plans are, what we want to be able to do, and, and ensuring and getting a better uh, you know, uh, show, if you will, with having these young ladies coming on. So we're going to work on that. But I wanted to touch on... Uh, very short story, Cindy, um, and then I want to get your response. We had a young lady from uh, the Epson Tour a couple of years ago, uh, obviously called Symmetra at the time, uh, named Bailey Tardy uh, from Georgia. And she went through uh, the Epson Tour this year again, and uh, I think she had three top tens and uh, a bunch of other uh, solid uh, play. I don't think she actually won this year. But uh, she fell about $2,000 short of getting into the top 10 on the money list. So she didn't get her card coming off the Epson Tour. But what was really unique about her is she decided that she was not going to do the Q Series. She just said, nope, that's it. I'm not going to go and do it, blah, 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 blah. I just I can't do it, whatever. I'm just frustrated, what have you. For some reason, she changed her mind and decided to enter in and played this week. And what was interesting, is, Cindy, is she finished second in the Q Series overall and got her card. And wow. I think that, sh yeah, that says a lot about that young lady because, and, and the reason why I want to bring that up is you touched on earlier about the mental game and, and things like that. 
and, uh, and what you're working on with your uh, new series and that. It is extremely important that you do not give up on yourself. And this young lady was really frustrated. I, met, I actually spoke to her, not this week. She was so excited and whatever, and family was there. Um, but at the Tour Championship, the Epson Tour Championship was in Daytona, which I went back in October. I actually talked to her, you know, uh, refreshed her memory. Of course, she was on the show and that, as I mentioned. And we had a great conversation for a few moments before she was getting ready to tee off. And she was really excited, really ramped up. She was close to that number and unfortunately fell short. And I didn't know at the time that she was not going to play in the Q series uh, until later on. I was reading some of the, the articles and things like that were coming out. And she was not going to get into this Q series. She was just, I guess, going to go back onto the Epson and whatever and just was frustrated, didn't want to go through the grind. And said, you know what I'm talking about um, when you have to go for your card to the Q school, um, now called Q series. But she persevered rethought the process and said, you know what, I'm going to put up, you know, pull up my, uh, put on my big girl britches, as they say, and she got out there and got it done and finished second overall. That's an accomplishment right there. And that is credit to her mental game that she was able to convince herself that she needed to do this, and it paid off. What are your thoughts? Party for the party. That's her name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not tardy for this party. Uh, that's no. awesome. Great. I didn't. I didn't know that story. So that's amazing. Great. great yeah, she. Great story. Yeah, she was really, and uh, she finished twenty-seven under. Was uh, overall uh, was her score, and just played some some great golf. Finished well. I watched her come in on the eighteenth. And uh, as I said, her parents were there, uh, super excited. Even her her family pet, the, they brought that in, which was which was uh, interesting. Uh, right near the near the green, and while there was people, new people putting out, so that was a little bit of I'm sure a challenge. And of course, the dog was getting excited, but um, yeah, I, I don't blame them. You know, they were they were happy. She was excited, but but you know, it goes to what we've we've talked about so many times is, you know, Cindy, is if you're not if your mind is not if you have not prepared your mind efficiently to do and handle whatever task may be, then you will not succeed. And it doesn't matter whether you shoot 100 or whether you, you know, graduate through Q series, whatever your goal is, if you don't get your mind in a good place, you will not succeed at anything in life, right? Correct, 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 correct. Yep, and, that's the truth. And. And, and, and we see this time and time again. You know, swing fixes, you know, whether it be getting the club face squared through impact, whether it's getting on the right plane, what have you, that's the easy part. Believe it or not, as an instructor, that can be the easy part to teach a student. What's difficult is getting their mind in a good place because if they're not having success out in the golf course, the next thing they do is they start getting down on themselves, then they don't want to practice because they don't think they're going to get any better, and they're just doing a lot of things. What are some things, Cindy, that you do um, that you can think of? Maybe you've got a student in mind from this season who maybe falls into that camp where you've been working with them, uh, you know, they're seeing some gains, but maybe they're still struggling a little bit for whatever reason, and you can tell that they're kind of getting down on themselves. What's the conversation? Give us maybe some uh, tips or, or thoughts, uh, if you will, um, with somebody maybe that you've been working with and how you are able to turn that, what do you do to try to turn that around? Well, what I do is I make P 
people name that witch mm-hmm. or the word that begins with B. And right. so <laughs> mine is Cynthia. And so you have to name the evil person that's talking in your ear that may be saying things that aren't true. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I'm coaching a young man from Chicago who doesn't even play golf, and he's a football and basketball player. And mm-hmm. his evil person is Gabe. And I said, well, who's talking right now? Is it Gabe or the real you, right? And mm-hmm. he said Gabe. And so the evil twin will say, well, you know, you can't do this. You're not good enough. And, oh, wow, you better win here. You know, the the, the scaring voice. Look out for the water. Be careful. And so you have to be able to identify when that person's talking and stop and say, well, is that really the truth? And if that's not the truth, then how are you going to replace those thoughts with something that's going to be productive? Like, okay, I made a bad swing. you got to forgive yourself. Now, let's stay in the program, you know, and make sure we follow our process to create a, a better golf shot. And so depending on your behavior style, which, again, is what we're going through with this program that I just launched yesterday, um, mm-hmm. it's to find out, number one, who you are, what motivates you to action, and how you can flip the switch when the wrong voice is talking so you can be in control. So right. you always have to be suing. You can't be protecting. Mm-hmm. And And learning that and learning how to control your thoughts you know, one of the modules in the in the course is thoughts, actions, outcomes, and results. So your thoughts create actions which make an outcome which gives you a result. And you need to learn how to control those thoughts that control those actions that will help you have a better outcome and then a good result. You know, but it, it's, it's training. And the only way you learn it is by blowing it. I mean, that's <laughs> what I, I've blown more than you've blown it. And I've learned right. how to deal with it. Am I always perfect? No. But that's all part right. of it is you have to be relatable. Yeah. And, and you know, you're, and here's the thing. Here's, that really raises a very interesting point. I know we've only got a minute or two left. Uh, but you can learn more from your mistakes than anywhere else. And that's For the key sure. thing is you have, to, you have to learn from them. You have to be willing to assess and be honest and say when you make a mistake, when you do something that's, you know, whether it's hitting the, the shot or whether it's in preparation, maybe you didn't plan well for that shot, understanding first off what you did wrong, assessing it and saying, okay, next time I need to remember to do this. You know, I, I rushed through my pre-shot routine this time, so I, I, I lost my rhythm. So I need to make sure I get back into that good rhythm that helps me hit those good shots. Whatever it happens to be, you have to make sure um, that you are honest with yourself. And and if you're unsure, that's where your coach or your swing uh, instructor can help you. They can point some of these things and say, well, I've noticed that you've done this, or I noticed this shot here. You had a really good pre-shot routine. You went through the, you know, everything great, and you hit a great shot. But the next one, when I had you hit another shot, you know, suddenly you were all over the place. Um, so, you know, that's where an extra set of eyes sometimes can help. Um, but then, to wrap it all up, what you have to be willing to do is you have to be able to, um, as we move into 2023 season through these winter months, there's three things that you need to do. 
um, in addition to what we've talked about. Um, and, and the most important, so I'm going to pull out the most important. You need to plan for your season. You need to work on things that you can work on. If you can't get a, to a facility, there are things that you can do at home. Stretching, uh, flexibility training, things like that you can do at home. You don't even have to go outside in the cold. Um, those are things that you can do. Um, the other thing is when you do practice, when you are able to get out, whether it's at a dome or whether it's an indoor facility, whatever the case may be, you need to practice with purpose. Don't just go and hit ball after. Don't just rake and hit balls and that sort of thing. And, you know, if you're down here in the south where you're able to get outside in real course conditions, practice with a purpose. Get out there. Work on the drills that you've been uh, instructed to work on. Um, mix things up a little bit. Don't just keep doing the same routine and it becomes boring and stuff. Make it fun. Make it interesting. But do those things. Don't just plunk your fanny on the couch or the chair or what have you and do nothing all winter long and then come back out next season. And if you're not working with an instructor, reach out to one in the off season. Have a conversation. Buy them a cup of coffee and say, I'd really like to you know, work on my golf game this year and see if they're a right fit for you. And if not, look again. Find somebody else. Either way, um, there's things that you can be doing to shake off that rust, uh, that winter rust this season, and we've given you a few tips here. We want to thank you. Cindy, it's been a fun, uh, you know, always an interesting uh, show, interesting season. Uh, it's going to be bigger and better even next year. Uh, we'll be back on February 7th as the first Tuesday, as I mentioned. Um, but we want to thank you uh, for being here in Season 9, and Season 10 will start on February 7th. Thank you always, Cindy for being a great partner in crime on the show. I always love having you here, and it makes it fun and interesting, and you bring so much insight to this game. And I want to wish you and Alan and all of your family, all the little Millers, uh, new Millers that have come into the family, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and God bless you for being the wonderful soul that you are. Thank you, dear. You do the same. I will. Thank you, everybody. Everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the best of the season, and we'll see you right back here on the Women of Golf, February 7th, 2023. God bless, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.